haters are going to find all kinds of ways to discredit it, to put us as Leaf fans down. But when you're a long-suffering Toronto Maple Leaf fan, as you and I both are, a division championship is nice. Like, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, after, after clinching the division, I did sit back and go, this feels good. And the fact that it was really never in doubt. Like they no. have, they've had moments so far this season where the you know they've come back to the pack and then extend and then come back to extend it, but there really hasn't been a point this year where we've been like, they're not going to come in first in the division. Yeah, they've been like at least what like four to six points clear since the start and run the numbers. This is the second division win since the sixties. Yeah, like the, if you actually sit twenty-one th- years since if, the last division title. If you sit back and really take in like the lack of success this organization <laughs> has had, and how big the fan base is, and how loyal people are to this team, and how just a hot topic they are for all hockey fans, it's pretty shocking to take in the lack of success they have. So. I mean, we, we got big playoffs coming up. There's obviously stuff that's happened the past couple of years, but if you really sit back big picture as a Leaf fan, winning a division, that's awesome. Put that on the resume. doesn't happen very often. So coming into a Canadian division where you could be competitive with all Canadian fan bases, coming out with that W feels pretty nice. It does. It felt, it felt vindicated. And then, you know, the Saturday night against Montreal, you know, they fall behind. And then they just, it's just, even with the the amount of guys currently out, out you're just, you just know, like, it's, they're going to, they're, they're going to be okay. They're going to come back and win this. Yeah. And so this brings us to the focal point. It's like, yes, the division title is nice. Way to go. Should be proud of yourselves for that. But we all know, and we all knew going in to this season, what they were going to be judged upon. And that's playoff success. It's looking pretty clear like they're going to play the Habs in yeah. the first round. There could be some. There's a week left in the season. There, I, I don't know off the top of my head how many games left the Habs and Jets have. I know the Leafs have two games left. but it, I think it's looking pretty pretty clear cut that it's going to be Habs, Leafs in the, in the first round. I so think. how do we feel about this? I, I think, you know, the last – they've played the Habs three straight games. They're clearly the better team. However, the Habs are missing – Carey Price. Yeah. They're missing Shea Weber. And who else are they missing? They're missing a bunch of other guys, too. Yeah, just, I mean, at the end of the day, we know when day one of the playoffs start, game one. Everything Gallagher, Brendan Gallagher. Anything that happened before in the regular season, especially how much they're playing each other end of the year and how the Leafs are playing them, look like they're going to be successful. To me, heading into this series, if they are playing the Habs, I'm having the hardest time walking the line between confident and cautious because it's one conversation about how this team should have no issues winning the first round against the Montreal Canadiens based off the success they've had this whole year and how they're the best team in the division. Yes. But you know that, man, like you, you, go, you go down game one, yep. it's like everything that we've been stoked about all year is just gone. Out it's window. out the window. So Well, and that was kind of driving me nuts. Like, like I know I know we're getting um, down the line here. So uh, TSN Sportsnet, like they have to drum up interest to get you to watch the games. But you're like losing me a little bit this week with like, it's just a playoff preview. It's like, 
when they drop the puck on game one, none of this matters. I know. The Leafs know. winning the division matters. Doesn't matter. The Habs coming in fourth doesn't matter. Like, it's just, it's a brand new season. And listen, a lot of th- good things to feel, a lot of things to feel good about. I can talk. See, and you take a couple weeks off and you just, yeah, you just, you just yeah, you lose. Yeah, you just kind of lose, lose those uh, uh, abilities yeah, that you just, had before. To flow smoothly. I'm a yeah. disaster. Yeah. There's a lot of things to be excited about this season. We already talked about winning the division. Austin Matthews, 40 goals. The emergence of Jack Campbell as like the clear-cut starting goaltender. The Matthews and Marner pairing together. Rasmus Sandin. Like Zach Hyman before he got hurt was at, like a, became a legitimate top six player. But none of that matters. Yeah. Like if you lose in the first round, if you lose in the first round of the Montreal Canadiens, like we're not going to be like, oh, well, at least Matthews had a 40-goal campaign. No. Yeah. doesn't matter what happened. If you lose in the first round, it's... Again, walking the line between cautious and confident. I think a first round, like they need to win the first round. Like, yes. come on, like this is this is not even a conversation, which is why that line is so hard because it's like they need to win the first round, but then you're like, you know, everything that happened before this doesn't matter. So it's we're really gonna see like game one, game two, like who knows? I don't think they're gonna I don't think at any by any means, they're going to sweep any team in this no, division no, no, at no. all. It, it, like, this you know, is a like, Toronto Maple Leafs we're talking about here. Every series they're in is going at least six games. Yeah, like I, I think I think there's going to be like a six game or no matter what. It's just the playoffs are too difficult. It's too competitive. The, the Habs are do have some dudes who, who are scrappy dudes and who can show up and play quote-unquote playoff hockey. So, man, anything could happen. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I think we should hold our expectations to that final four for sure. Yeah. But, man, it's just, you don't know, man. Like, well, you really man, don't know. Anything short of the final four is a failure in my eyes. Like, especially when you've, you've like we just said, you've spent the last few months just rolling your division. Yeah, they've yeah. been rolling all year, and it's five on five. Like, they are one of the most productive hockey teams in the whole league, and it's... Man, they've been pretty consistent this year. Like we've always talked about, there's plenty of go back in our archives. There's so many episode titles that you've come up with about inconsistency. Yeah, you know, like there's at least the word consistent at least like five times in all those episode titles. Well, and after it's- after the Saturday night's game against the Habs, Sheldon Keefe, when asked about like you know locking up the division or whatever, and like just the success they've had this season, he said our ability to keep the puck out of our own net. Is why we're hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they've they've done a way better job defensively. They're, they're, this is the first time where yeah, they don't have a Headman or Petrangelo or a number one guy that usually go through the list of Stanley Cup champions, and you can mark one guy that's like this guy's playing twenty five minutes a night. He's taking all the hardest matchups. I don't know if they have a guy like that, but they're just six D that they can rotate in and out. Whether Sandine's in the lineup or Bogosian comes back and comes back in, I think they've taken a massive step in terms of. Their top six defensemen and just or their six defensemen and they just I feel a little more comfortable going into the playoffs with these six guys compared to the guys of the past. Well, for man, sure. they've also accumulated depth up front too. Like, like you look at like who's your where is Alex Galchenyuk going to play? Like, like when you drop the puck on game one, presumably if you have Zach Hyman and Nick Foligno, where is Alex Galchenyuk going to play? Third line. I mean, because he's be, earned a spot. That dude has earned a spot. It's gonna be hard to take him out of the lineup, yeah. which is why guy a guy like Joe Thornton is kind of weird because it's like you can't take Big Joe out of the lineup. Like yeah. I, I don't think he can. I don't think it's a good look. I know at the end of the day, it's all about the guys who are playing the best should play. But you got this guy for this reason to come into the playoffs and help. 
the younger guys or the core just kind of learn about being a veteran and what it takes. So it's going to be hard to take a guy like that out of the lineup, but you're right. Like you put, you start adding everyone together and it's like, can you take Galchenyuk out of the lineup? Like, no, you can't. No. So it's like, you're going to have to do some serious juggling and maybe someone will play themselves out of the lineup at some point, but well, you're going to get yeah. some guys sitting out who don't necessarily deserve to be sitting out. Like I, I will admit that I am always poking fun at Pierre Engvall. Guy's got three goals in three games because he just knows yeah, I got to stay in the lineup. I know, and and especially like with Riley Nash potentially coming back, who's a good like fourth line penalty yeah, killing. Man, it's centerman. gonna be tough to come back for him though, because yeah. it's like you've been sitting out all this time, and you come back, and you're gonna hop into the playoffs Playoff immediately. Hockey, yeah. It's it's pretty tough. You have no chemistry with anybody you're playing with. Like it's it's, I mean, it's a great problem to have. That's yeah. everyone everyone talks about is organizational depth. So having this having multiple guys to plug in if other guys aren't contributing is is everything really, but it's yeah, man. Like, I, I don't know what the game one starting lineup is going to look like and who's going to be healthy. Who, who, someone could get hurt. Yeah. Game one, game well, two. Well, that like, brings me to know, my next right? point. That brings me to my, my next point. What are you doing for these final two games? I understand that awesome Matthews is a competitor and I understand he probably doesn't want to just stop at 40. He wants to get 42, 43, but like I, I, you will never forgive yourself. Sheldon Keefe, Kyle Dubas will never forgive themselves if in these last two games against Ottawa and Winnipeg, that mean absolutely nothing. Like, division's locked up, playoff spot's locked up. He doesn't need to be out there. And I'm firmly in the camp of, like, don't dress him. Really? I, I, I'm i kind of in the other camp, no, to be honest no, with you. I'm don't. in the camp of you need to keep guys fresh, Dude, man. if he gets hurt, if he gets hurt. I know. But they're still going to have, they're still going to have, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you want to stay in game shape. Yeah. But, like, look at the how spaced out the games are this week. It's Ottawa on Wednesday, and then I think Winnipeg on Friday. I don't know, man. Like, it, it's hard to sit around and, like, have all this momentum and be scoring at the clip he's scoring at and everyone producing at the rate they're producing at. And it's to, to just sit around and kind of do nothing for a bit. It's, it's just, like, yeah, yeah, you're practicing and you're, and you're moving, but man, like I just, just, if he gets, if he gets hurt, you're screwed. Like, so that's, that's what I kind of, I'm just kind of of the opinion that like play it or limit their minutes. Like let them yeah, play. See, that makes yes. more sense yes. for me. It's like, let's get Jason Spezza more on the ice yeah. than like, yeah, limit the minutes. Cause I don't think it's good for guys to sit out for too long. I know injury is everything and I'll probably feel stupid if they do get injured in the last two games. There's no doubt, but I just try to keep the most positive outlook and best case scenario in my mind as possible that they're not going to get hurt. And I think it's very important for guys to stay in game shape. I think if you sit out, sit around for too long, I think it's kind of a kiss of death. It's going to take you at least a game or two to start the playoffs to kind of get back into it. And, but, but the, the schedule is all kind of like, are they going to be sitting around for a bit anyways? Yeah, because the Canucks, cause the Canucks kind of have to catch up, yeah. which is stupid. I mean, like, what do you do if you're the NHL at this point? Right. It's like, they got to play their games, but it's just, it's, it's a, it's a waste. Yes. So like, it's a complete yes. waste of time. It's, so it's stupid. It's stupid. So it's whatever. Let these but. guys go back and see their, be with their families. Like this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 All right. Second thing I want to talk to you about. Freddie Anderson played a full game with the Marlies on Saturday. Did not look very good. He looked like he was in mid-season form, actually, with some of the goals he was allowing. He's he's done. Like, he's done. Like, I know there's some discussion about, like, getting him in to play one of these two final games, but to me, he's done. Like, you're done. You're 
Jack Campbell has earned the number one spot, and then David Riddick is is the backup Dude, heading into the playoffs. Jack Campbell, I, I everyone knows if, if you listen to this podcast for a long time, your first time listener, I'm always a Freddie Anderson backer. I think what he's done for this team for the past couple of years has been phenomenal. And I've kind of tried my hardest to not discount Campbell, but to be like kind of pump the brakes on him. But dude, like you're looking at 17, two and two with a save percentage over 920 and a good goals against average best win loss span of 21 games in Maple Leaf history for a goaltender. This guy has more than earned his chance to be the number one goalie for this hockey team, man, like more than earned got above and beyond. Yeah. During that stretch, not to cut you off, but I want to tack onto your point. During that stretch, he has he does he allow the odd stinker? Yeah, but that's every goalie. But he 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 comes back after and makes the big save. Dude, this guy's ability to make a big save at a big time is uncanny, and that's everybody's criticism of Frederick Anderson. Yeah. The problem with this city and this stupid half of the fan base is you let in one bad goal and it's just like a wham wham fest. Yeah. It's like, dude, every goalie in the league gives up a bad goal. That's the position. That's the nature of the position. When you're facing 30, 20 to 30 to 40 shots every single night, how can you be, how can you not let in a stinker every once in a while? Or when you're, you're an ace pitcher and sometimes you're, you're on, yeah, you're awful. You just leave one hanging over. Exactly. It's crushed. It's just like, that's just, you're playing, you're playing goaltender against the best hockey players in the world. Like you're going to get exposed at some point. But anybody who doesn't think that Jack Campbell's earned an opportunity to be the number one goalie and is still talking about Frederick Anderson, it's like I don't think. See, dude, I don't like, think I don't think anyone is is arguing who the starter is in Game One. I think we're all pretty aligned on like it's Jack Campbell's net. But I think people are like, well, where's Freddie Slide and is he back? Uh, Campbell up is he does he basically the depth chart right now is like Fred's been off to the side and it's been Campbell Riddick Hutch and. To me, going into game one, based on what I saw yesterday in the in the American Hockey League, Campbell, Riddick, Anderson. I mean, I, I the point could be made for that for sure, but I disagree. I think if Freddie Anderson's healthy, you're, you're I put Riddick down and I put Freddie back up because the only scenario I see Frederick Anderson getting any sort of redemption is if Jack Campbell goes out and poos the bed. Yeah. And all the expectations of Frederick Anderson have now gone from here down to here. So technical difficulties, yeah, technical difficulties here. Oh, there we go. We're back. All right. So like, I think expectations are everything for anybody. And Frederick Anderson's expectations have always been this high because he's the number one guy and he needs to perform in the playoffs. And now all of a sudden Jack Campbell is yep. gone ahead of him a little bit. So you get Frederick Anderson back on your bench as a backup and Campbell plays well, and he just sits there. So you're hoping there. this sparks the emotional. Uh, yes, because yes. now it's competitive, man. Yes, like, yeah. now it's legit competitive because he's not the number one guy anymore. Mm-hmm. And going into next year, I mean, Jack Campbell has no resume whatsoever. Yeah. Like, let's look back on his career. Guy's no resume. But you know what? doesn't matter. You yeah. can step in at any point and, and, and become under, the guy. He's under contract. Yeah, and he's and he's the guy right now. Yeah. He's Dude, he's played amazing. Yeah, like, he he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I get, like, kind of goosebumps thinking about how a guy like him – who they just picked up for for Jack All yep. has come in and done such a good job. And I think the only scenario Freddie Anderson sees a game is if Campbell starts pooping the bed and it's like, do you really want to go to David Riddick? No. Like I know David Riddick and Frederick Anderson right now, like Anderson letting in four goals in the American Hockey League. I mean, it, it is what it is, but 
I'm sorry, you've got this guy who has all this history with this team who's got probably a fire in him for some reason. And I think if you put him on the bench as the backup, even though he hasn't seen much NHL action over the past couple weeks or months or whatever, and when he has, he hasn't looked very good. But I think having him in the backup position is the way to go for me because I don't think David Ritter can get the job done anyways. And when Frederick Harrison's playing at his best, he's a pretty damn good goalie. Yeah. So I'll take Freddie Anderson. I'll take a chance on him playing his best than, than Riddick playing his best. So I, I think you put Freddie Anderson back in the backup position. You take kind of the expectations off him. So when he does play, it's a little more like, you know what? I got this. I got, I'm working with nothing right now. Yeah. Everyone already hates me. So you got me, you got me coming around on that idea. You got yeah. me coming around. All I right. just don't think David Riddick is anything. That's my thing too. Ne- next thing I want to, I want to, I want to throw at you here. It's over. It's done. There is no more, no longer a discussion. I don't even want to entertain any other take. Austin Matthews is the greatest hockey player to ever put on the blue and white Maple Leaf jersey. He is a lock to win the Rocket Richard. He would be in the lock for the heart if McDavid wasn't having a stupid season yeah. points-wise. And... It's it's over. Like I don't want to hear about it anymore. Is he yeah. better than him in '93? I'm a Dougie guy. I'm a Doug Gilmore guy. So you think Austin Matthews this season yes. has been better than him in that season? Ryan, he's got a lock to win the Rocket Richard. You you said earlier, like if you look at like the lack of success of oh, yeah. winning a division, he's the greatest. When's the last Maple yeah. Leaf to win an individual award? Never. Austin Matthews, the Calder Trophy. Yeah, that's it. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Like this guy. You know what I saw the other day? Because there's been all this hype around McDavid getting 100 points. And, like, oh, by the way, last night during the intermission, they show how McDavid has 100 points in, like, 52 games, whatever it is. And then they show Mario <laughs> has 100 points in 38, not once, but twice. That is ridiculous. Well, this guy would have won the heart in 92-93 if Mario didn't go get 199 points oh, or whatever the hell he got. It's just absurd. Yeah. But I saw a comparison the other day that I that I, I loved because it brought me back to my childhood that McDavid is the modern-day Wayne and Matthews is the modern-day Mario. And I love, I love that comparison. I love yeah, it. Yeah, they're the two most electric players in the game. But I will say that even though at the start of the – pod we were talking about how even though they don't talk to us about the north division we're happy that the leafs have won this thing and the competition or whatever but i do think that both those guys wouldn't be having the success they're having if they didn't play the north division all year like mcdavid does not have 100 points right now and this guy does and austin matthews does not have 40 goals right now if they're not playing the Calgary Flames and the Jets and the Canucks and the Senators and so you over if, and over and over. So you again. think if they're in the East Division with like the Penguins and the Bruins? Yeah, and I don't. Stuff, I don't think Austin Matthews yeah. has forty goals right now. Yeah. I don't, and I th- and that's not because I don't think he's capable of it. He is, but I just think, especially McDavid's a hundred points. Like yeah. this guy's getting. If you look at this guy's stat line, like it's gross. Like he gets at least three points a game. Yeah, like it's it's disgusting, and I don't think if he's going and playing the avalanche and the, the Vegas golden Knights that he's at a hundred right now. So I do think playing in the North division has helped those guys have those like ridiculous stats. And I have, I have no hate against Connor McDavid whatsoever. I have nothing but respect for the guy. He's literally one of the, one of like he's the best hockey player. Wayne, Wayne was like, right Wayne. Now. I was a kid when Wayne played and it's like, I don't really have vivid memories of watching 
Wayne and neither do you, but like he's the most electric hockey player I've yeah. ever seen. However, and- Matthews wears this jersey. So I'm an Austin Matthews guy. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here and I don't want to jinx anything. So I'm going to knock on wood. But if they, if the Leafs and Oilers meet each other in the second round, it, like, it's personal. Like, I, Austin Matthews has to win that series. It's personal. It, that's a very, like, we're kind of getting ahead here, but, like, the Oilers have had a damn good year, too, yes, man. Yes. Like, and they've gotten some good. Everyone they're keeps, dummying. Like, yeah. Mike Smith is. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the three other playoff teams, okay? Yeah. We just sang the praises of Jack Campbell, and rightly so. Yeah. But the thing of the three, the thing about the three other playoff teams in the Canadian division is if the Habs have a healthy carry price, that's legit. Yeah. Connor Hellebuck, Vesna Trophy winner. They've they've had a tough go with like Nick Ehlers getting injured. They've had a tough go with player injuries, but yeah, for and sure. Mike Smith has had like a resurgent year. He's had a great year. So His numbers are off the charts. And what what did we see last year in the bubble against Columbus? Once the Columbus. Suck. Yeah, well, but once Columbus started playing playoff style hockey and leaning on them and they yeah. didn't have any space, they couldn't score goals anymore. Yeah. So, and you don't think every single team is going, you've even seen it at times with the Habs. Like the, well, the, I think the Habs are way more capable of playing that Columbus style than the Edmonton Oilers yes, are. You get a Leafs Oilers second round. It's going to be electric. Buddy, it's going to be yeah, a, it's just be electric. A, it's interesting, too, because the Leafs are the only team. If you look at McDavid's stat lines, the Leafs are the only team that have completely shut him down. Yeah. So it's, it's I think the Habs almost are scarier in a way because I think the Habs can with hopefully Shea Weber's like 100 percent for them. And and Brennan Gallagher, I think they're more capable of playing that style of shutting them down than the Oilers are. Can I tell you something? Can I just, can I just say something about the, the Habs? I I've gotten a taste the last month or whatever it's been of like how annoying it is hearing the Leafs and like Matthews Marner Nylander Tavares Matthews Marner Nylander Tavares Matthews Marner Nylander Tavares. If I hear the two words Cole Caulfield <laughs> one more time, the overtime, legend. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna break my TV. Shut up! Oh, shut up! <laughs> about Cole Caulfield. Yeah, he's a good small little rookie player. Oh my God, Ryan! You think he was the second coming of Gretzky? The way the media just talks about Cole Caulfield—he's got nothing else to he's talk like, he's about. A little, he's a little. He lined up beside Marner during the face-off last night, and Marner's like towers over the. He's just a little guy. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so sick. And then he got the OT winner the other night. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Another three days of just hearing Cole Caulfield over yeah, any, and over anything and over again. you you can do to drum up uh, an exciting narrative at this point of the season. I think any media company is jumping at that because it's been a oh, it's dude. been wrapped up for a while, bro. <laughs> Today's like, an episode of me making proclamations, and I'd yeah. like to make another one. At the beginning of this season, I was like, "Man, the Canadian division, this is great." We both this said is it, awesome. man. We both said it. Oh. This this play down the stretch here where it's just like like the series last week where they go have, have to go play Vancouver again. I'm just yeah. like Well, I think that's because just the where the points and the standings have been. Yes. If if there was four teams all within two points of each other, every game would be huge. Then it would be like, okay, like if if, if there was a battle to get in those four spots, then it'd be something. But it's man, it's been it's been wrapped up for a bit now. Yeah. So it's I think that's the main reason. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I, I was here with you first episode in the studio talking about how awesome this division is. Yeah. And it 
It flat out sucks. <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to be honest. <laughs> like, but we're still stoked on winning it. Oh, yeah, for we're sure. We're still stoked on winning but, it. But, like, definitely the keenness of paying attention to every single possession during a 60 minutes. Has, no. Has Even the declined. game last night. Like, I had moments last night. And, like, they came back and, and won, and it was exciting. But, like, I had moments where I was sitting there, and, my like, my eyes are glazing over a little bit because it's just, like, Hyman's not in the lineup. Felino's not in the lineup. They've basically locked everything up. Like, there's no... Like the Habs are so boring to watch. Like, oh, yeah. which to your point, it makes them kind of scary. Yeah, but they're so boring to watch, and it's just like, oh my god! Like, can we just? It's so funny because it's a shortened season, and it feels like we've been. And it's because you're right. It's, been a it's while. because it's because it's been locked up. Yeah, it feels like we are crawling to the finish. Oh, we there. have been, man. Yeah, we have been, and especially how impatient you are when you know your team's good and you're dying to see where they're going to go in the playoffs. And yeah. it's like, I got another 10 games of this crap. Yeah. Like, wow, I want to watch this. Well, there's only two games left in the Leaf regular season, and then we're going to be here, and we're going to be teeing up all the playoff games and doing post-game shows after yeah. all the playoff games. And just, I'm I'm jacked up, man. I'm jacked up for some Leaf playoff hockey. Yeah, it's kind of made me, like, reflect on the season a bit, though, and think about all the stuff I love about, I think the most the guy who doesn't get enough credit in all this, and maybe he does, but we don't really talk about it is Sheldon Keefe. Like I oh, think Sheldon Keefe yeah. is just like, just a legend. Like the guy's amazing. I think my favorite thing he's done this whole year, cause he's considered a quote unquote line juggler is keeping Marner and Matthews together. We had a serious conversation about that. In one of our episodes about how switching up the guys to switch up the depth. Austin Matthews does not have 40 goals this year. If he's not playing with Mitch Marner every single night, no question. And that's that's just where I'm at, and I'm so happy that he's kind of just tried to get Tavares and Nylander to figure it out themselves on that line because I think though Marner and Matthews together is just like it's so dynamic. Like they dominate almost like they dominate over fifty percent of their shifts. Like it's just been my favorite part of this whole team, especially with the complete Jamoke who was coaching this team before I was gonna say, I was who gonna just say. like would, would give it a one shift chance yeah. and it didn't work out and they'd be gone. And it's like, I get that good players can drive a line yeah. together, but they can't do something special when they're not together. You he know, should never get another head coaching job ever based on yeah. Matthews and Marner performance together this season i know and it's like these two guys like yeah they're good enough to drive their own lines but man they can't do anything special if they're not together yep. and that's just letting them just no question those guys can walk in the room every single day and know that they don't even need to look at the the, the lines they know well, they're together no, but this man. is what i was talking about earlier about the depth like so you have two guys now on your roster granted they're both hurt but all, all intents and purposes are they'll be back in in time for game one, you have two guys now on your roster who you can put with them because th they generate all the skill and you just need a guy who plays hard and hits people and gets the puck back. Yeah. You have two guys who can do that now. And I, if, if I'm going to make a, a prognostication here, I'm guessing when they drop the puck on game one, it'll be Hyman. I think it that, should be. That, that'll be, that'll be on the wing with them. And it'll be Felino on the second line with Tavares and Nylander. I think, I think 100% Hyman deserves that spot. Yes. That guy has just been ridiculous. Yep. Every single game he's played this year. So I think he for sure belongs in that spot. 100%. Well, only time will tell as we head towards the postseason, and that's going to do it for us today, buddy. Thanks everyone for downloading and checking us out. If you like what you see, head to our Instagram at talking buds podcast, spread the word, tell your friends, like subscribe, leave a review. 
Every little bit helps, and we really appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next time. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.